This week on Grip and Grin, 2022 will for sure be one to remember. Listen along as the Grip and Grin team highlights the great memories and the gut-busting laughs from the past year. We thank you all listeners for sticking with us, and we hope to bring you more action as we enter a new year. Cheers. Hello, all you listeners out there, and welcome to another episode of Grip and Grin. Chuckling because we just cracked some beers, and we are cracking beers because it is a a victory lap. Yep, it definitely is a victory say. lap. Looking back at 2022, and we had this conversation last night on the phone. Holy shit, we've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, we have. Dude, I mean, the amount of stuff that has happened in the past year is like exponential. It has just grown to something that if you had asked me last year at this time, like where do you think we'll be in a year? It, it would not be here. Yeah. Cause we had, you know, the Allagas trip planned and we had some other trips planned, but Holy shit. Did we forget about some of the memories in between our big trips? There is just yeah. a countless number of them. And we talked on the phone for three hours, just looking back <laughs> at all these different things we did and forgot about going through our photos and seeing, oh, where was this? You remember that time where such and such happened? And it's it's pretty cool to uh, look back on that and share with you guys along with us reliving it because, I mean, you can go back and listen to the pods and listen to these stories when they were firsthand. Yeah, we uh, just released uh, episode 39 uh, today, so pretty exciting, you know. We're getting to that 50 mark, which is kind of cool. Two-year mark, uh, hey, hey, we're, we've been doing this for two years now, so a yeah. little pat on the back that, you know, our schedules for posting is very erratic, but, you know. it's <laughs> uh, an understatement. <laughs> there is plenty of stuff to talk about, and at the end of the day, this podcast has brought us all these trips pretty much so oh yeah 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 but you know to kind of dive into it i i want to know so we're going to discuss our top moments of the year and we'll dive into rabbit holes as they come but what were your top three moments of 2022 so i mean i feel like we talked about this in particular last night for about at least 40 minutes easily easily Um, easily but me personally, so this is like a personal thing. And for you listeners out there, you know, like, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start my number three. Okay. Yeah, that's I a great way a, to go through we, it. You know, we have many things listed. And you know what? I'm going to run right down through the list. The Pike I had at number 11. Didn't even get into top 10, dude. The Pike. Like, freaking A. Uh, the September dough I shot this year and expanded, like the early dough, that was number 10. Um, Browns in the uh, in the gorge at, up in northern Maine um, with those tailwaters, you know, caught some decent-sized browns On there. streamers. And, on streamers. And those were uh, wild browns, too, and the colors on those were spectacular. Mm. And I know, hand up, 
to both of us. We haven't posted a lot of pods, and the Instagram has been a little slow, but we have a lot of photos in the works once all these pods come out. <laughs> so many goddamn pictures, it's not even funny. And, now, correct me if I'm wrong, that's one of the foliage with you, correct? Yes, there's that one. There's the one of your <laughs> trout, um, and there's more in there that I can't spoil now, but... Right. <laughs> Uh, number eight on my list, I had uh, just hunting with my old man. You know, that's that's up there. You know, those, and we'll talk about this later on, but definitely those are times that you have to, like, salvage. Uh, number seven, uh, turkey with you. I know. Uh, we actually, we got it done in, in the uh, in the turkey farm, if you will. And, uh, and went fishing yeah, that, that was, day. And went fishing. That and day. went fishing. So that that fishing. was that was definitely special. And when I I was tagged out at that time, and just going in the woods, enjoying one of my favorite properties on planet Earth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you can't draw it up any better. And what's crazy no. is I'll go through my list, and that won't even be on my list. But it, it can easily fit anywhere on there. Like all these memories are just like. Freaking wild. I know, and you forget about them. And after a whole year, like we've done a shit ton of things. Uh, my turkey experience that I had on my private property that I normally hunt, uh, you know, having all those turkeys around me on that opening, not opening day, but um, it seems like the first, like <laughs> it seems like the opening day for me because I didn't hear shit on opening day. So I felt like that first sit. Of hearing turkeys, I was like, oh, this is what turkey hunting's like again. I, I remember, too, because, you know, in Mass, the season starts uh, a whole week earlier. And yes. you were uh, talking about how you couldn't even get on the gobble, and I've been on gobbles for two weeks at that point. <laughs> I was grinding, dude. So that was a nice uh, that was a nice recap right there. And uh, I'll just say, ended up catching a decent-sized salmon. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Um I won't say anything more than that. Yeah, because uh, that that'll be uh, detailed in a different episode. <laughs> yep. So there's a salmon there. Um, the Allagash White. Oh my gosh, dude! So we did that trip to like Western Maine. Oh my gosh, that was mm, that was when the Allagash White like became like. Almost like the fly of Grip and Grin. So for just to recap a little bit on the Allagash White, you know, we had Allagash Law coming from our failed trip along that river. And then yep. I personally designed a fly, which is just a, a serious, seriously small micro woolly in the white pattern. And we absolutely slayed on this river in, in one hole. I caught 10 in a row, and then you caught 20 in a row at that last hole, or even more, I think. But The red, al- the Allagash red. Yeah, I know. It, t- <laughs> it turned red real quick after all those fish. But <laughs> um, And then finally to my top three here. So my top three moments of 2022. Um, you know, we did, a, we did the trip uh, out west, western Maine, after the Allagash, because we tried to find where the state of Maine did not get hit by rain. And we found this one location and caught that freaking massive brookie on a fly rod, which was the first like official catch on a fly rod for me. Um, and uh, number two on my wait, list. Wait, 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 wait. Can um, I just oh. want to add a little bit to it, not just to brush over to the top three, because the top three moments, I feel like there's a little more discussion involved. 
And Fair enough. With this this larger brookie that you caught, I remember yes. when I was doing my research. So I had <laughs> I had a game plan for three days. We had three days, four nights to figure out what we wanted to do. And the first day, I was like, we're gonna hit a smaller uh, smaller river. You could say just a brook at that point, but catch a lot of yeah. fish, not a lot of size. But when we went to this particular spot, I remember saying to you. It could be a slow day, but there's bigger fish. I was yeah, I was I wrong on this. half of that because uh, it was not a slow day by any means. Because the first bend of the river is where you caught that monster brookie. <laughs> I mean, I would say, was it the both of us? We each casted one cast in that river and caught one yeah i know because i wanted to catch one on our on first a, cast i wanted to catch one on the nymph and i literally did that below you and then i look up and you're hooked in and i run up the river just straight through all these <laughs> holes i wanted to fish i'm like i gotta get up there and net that fish and i think it's kind of sucks looking back at it that you just trucked through all that good fish I, I know i know because i wanted to fish those holes and I remember during that trip, after you caught that uh, bigger brookie, you were like, "Holy shit, you're fishing slow!" And I, and you know, when I'm fishing slow, there's a yeah. very good reason for it, and the fishing yeah. is spectacular. So that whole day, ah, uh, it really is a very great memory in the past three years. I think I think when I recorded that, I wasn't just looking necessarily at that one brookie, but the the beginning and end of that trip was of that day I'll say the beginning and end of that trip was how could it not be in the top 3 I like, know I know. it had to it had to have been it, and you know the middle section when I was getting a little hungry and I was falling and you know yeah, yeah chubby yeah. you know <laughs> and you know you just chubbies. we just got to get a little food in you and you'll be all right but Oh, but yeah, I mean, that was, God damn, that was a great, a great outing that day. That was just unbelievable. Um, and, uh, moving on to number two, can I move on yes, to number so two now? Yes, we can do that. Okay. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, you know me in hunting, like, I take it to heart, like, it's my pride and joy. Like, it's my, mm. When fall comes around, I know it takes you a little while to get juiced up, but like I feel like when it comes, I'm like I'm dialed in, I'm ready to go. Top notch was number two on my list, and deservedly so. Biggest so. buck I've ever, <laughs> biggest buck I've ever shot, biggest deer I've ever shot, and it's only number two. I know <laughs> it's fucking crazy because when we get to my list, like I know you were surprised about it when I was talking about it last night, where there's certain memories that just pop and that memory is so sick and it's still number two just shows you the the amount of stuff we did this year to be able to even and, say that and to justify it a little bit further it's not just about shoot it wasn't just about shooting the deer it was more about the full story of it following that deer but also like having my dad mm, there with me yep that like that whole story, that whole experience. And on top of that, 
Um, I know you said it's not just about shooting it, but you did shoot it with your crossbow and in early season, early October. Yep. yep. Which is just nuts. Crazy. You know, especially for Friggin hunting wild. the main woods where, you know, you hear all these hunting podcasts talk about, oh, in October over a food plot when we, we don't deal with that at all. No, no. We literally sit in a tree and we wait. Exactly. <laughs> so it makes it even that more impressive going from target shooter to not rut hunting where it's more by chance versus by strategy and skill. Yep. Yep. Um, Oh my gosh, dude. I just thought of another one that I didn't even put in the list. I know. I keep thinking of a couple too. <laughs> dude, I did like, like my daughter catching her first fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not even on the list. I know. <laughs> I feel like an asshole. <laughs> But anyways, uh, switching gears, my number one, you listeners know about this. I've been struggling like a son of a bitch, but it, it, it they do exist. <laughs> I would say that the rainbows in Massachusetts were my number one of 2022, and not just catching a rainbow, like... How many rainbows did I catch? Oh, uh, three, four, and more than that. You caught at least six. You caught at least six, dude. Mm. And on top of that, I mean, we haven't really released this yet, but when that son of a bitch grabbed that fly and pulled that indicator down, you want to talk about classic set? Mm. Like I, it, it, I will never forget that memory. That memory will forever. I can see the indicator shooting upstream, <laughs> ten feet. I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck, set, set, set. It was, <laughs> it was like the movie Jaws when they put the flotation devices on the shark, and that fucker just brings him underneath the water. It was like that. Yeah. The indicator oh, yeah, yeah. just disappeared it just i was like oh oh that 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 and you're like set i'm like yep yep got it <laughs> that was that whole day of just catching a fish that i've been pursuing for several years now i would say and again you've made one two three trips down here and that involves multiple days of fishing and nothing. Yep. And what even makes it more cool, and I'll talk about it more when I get to my list, but it was also late November when you're thinking like, oh, I should be I hunting. Know. I should be hunting. I know. And I remember you kept on saying that. I'm like, this is what I did all of last year, and it's freaking amazing. Oh. But we'll dive into that whole story in that day in a, in a separate pod, so make sure to go check that out. And we have, again, I will stress this enough. There's a lot of photos to come. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so once these episodes are out, I'll start posting more. But yep. I'm holding on to it, so there's no spoilers. All right, start at the bottom of your list. So, Let's, like, come on, butter, butter me up here. For my list, we're going to start, and this is kind of crazy to start with, but my double in Maine <laughs> for turkeys. I mean, what a way to start the bottom of the barrel with something that some people would love to have at to the top of their list. Was that the was that opening day? Opening day within the first two hours or so. 
done. Yep. So <laughs> that was great because I remember the pressure was on to get my turkey season done. Yep. And then sliding in just above that, even a big surprise to you was my buck and mass yep. where, you know, it was gray and all. And I, I enjoy, it's like a monumental moment. <laughs> But in terms of how I like the memories of everything else we did, it's like you could slot five through 12 anywhere. Like you can mix them up and they're all like neck and neck. Yeah. No, that's fair. But, you know, like I said earlier, like the trips we do, there's just another, there's another element to it. And, you know, it was awesome getting my buck. I'm very grateful. But, it's definitely it's you can't compare it to what some of the stuff I'm about to talk about. <laughs> so we had the yeah. uh, Katahdin trip, we had the Moosehead fishing trip, we had I had the double in mass for turkeys with my bow, which was I uh, again absolutely nuts. Dude, I thought when you said double in mass, I thought you were talking about deer. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Cause it's yes, a, yes, I cause, know, because I confused myself there. I'm talking about the double with deer. Sorry, sorry. You've shot too many doubles. You've shot I got too, a double. He came against I got double a triple street. double. I got a triple double. I got a double <laughs> in Maine. And, uh, Wait, you got a turkey? You got a turkey. You got like the strikeout, the strikeout, the strikeout, right? Oh, yeah, I, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so double in mass with the does, sorry. And then I had a solo trip. Uh, for Brookies in Maine, which was unbelievable. Why you were at a, uh, I think it was either a wedding. I think it was a wedding. Yeah, I remember that day very well. <laughs> and I just yep. kept remember sending you videos of all these trout. Sending me videos, pictures, and um, yep, you son of a bitch. Yep, and then we get into my double and mass for uh, turkeys, so... And that's number seven. That is number seven. So now we're getting into <laughs> the top moments. I have my Monster Brown in March coming in at six. Our second trip to Western Maine at number five. And number four and number three are so close neck and neck. Like personally, the personal goals behind these are just nuts. So number four is catching a striper on the fly. I That moment, I remember I called you saying, I'm just going to try and catch something. I might catch a freaking clam for all i know and then i crab a crab and then called you on the flats just after catching a striper i mean the that that moment that was so sick and i'm so hooked on the saltwater fishing it is i cannot wait uh, I, I i got the rigging to do it i just haven't gone i know i know <laughs> and then coming oh. in at getting into my top three it, you know so go ahead but I want to say something about number three. Okay, so number three is when I was fly fishing in Vermont, and that checked number of boxes, and it opened up a door of uncertainty, which we talked about yesterday. I'm glad you put it in your top three, and I'll say why, and that's because of the fact that we now have this like, oh... Oh, like moment with Vermont fishing, like fly fishing in particular. We have this like urge to go and explore and similar to how much time and effort we've put into the state of Maine as far as exploration. Now that's going into like 
other states. Exactly. And this was my first time ever fishing in Vermont. And when I was doing my research, I remember telling... Wait, what? Seriously? Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I told you that. I thought you fished in Vermont before that. No. no. Ah, wait. You golfed in yes. Vermont. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. So I remember doing my research. And I remember telling you, oh my gosh, there's too many options. <laughs> and that's like... <laughs> no such thing. No such thing. And that's just, you know, a whole different learning curve with the terrain, catching wild rainbows, catching wild browns, native brookies, and they can all be in the same stream. You can't get that variety in Maine, and I'm not knocking the wild Maine brookie, but I'm the fact that you can get the variety yeah, <laughs> and the, the water quality. Like, I sent you photos of just cooler-ass water, and you couldn't make this shit up. Yeah, I would say that it's, it's due to the fact of environment, which you observe there. They focus on the environment, and then the good fish will follow. Exactly, and I, I saw that's what it comes down to. Great habitat improvement projects in uh, the uh, Green Mountain National Forest. Is it a national forest, right? I think so. Dude, you're asking the wrong yeah, person. I'm pretty sure. It I'm is. a country bumpkin. I'm a homebody. <laughs> you think I go anywhere else? Come on. You telling me I'm going to Vermont next year? That's like, oh, oh, <laughs> you better be. I better get ready, like, dude. But it's just that whole experience, and then what what's to follow this coming year easily mm. can slot in that number three. Yeah. And number two would be your trip down here in November, catching your first rainbow and just having a dominant day on the water. Starting from, you know, I caught the first one, you caught your first, I caught the wild brown, we hiked all over, fish were in every hole, we had a little bit of a disaster with the water rising and oh yeah the yeah. last cast fish which again listen to a different pod to talk about that more that day was yep. just i it couldn't get any better I, it was cool too cuz like like how do i word this i'm going to try and word this without insulting you so don't take this the wrong way it was really cool to like I'd catch a fish, you catch a fish. I catch a fish, you catch a fish. It was like a back and forth action. I'd be like, "Oh, I lost a fish," and then you, I look over, you're like, "Had a good hit," and I was like, "Oh, he lost yep. a fish." Like, it was just, oh, it, I just feel like we're getting to a point where, like, we're a well oiled machine, but like, we're we're making our our outings more precise. Yeah, we're not like, we're not wasting time and we get into this no. later in the podcast talking about wasting time, but oh yeah. <laughs> it, it's a great uh precursor to that. And I I'm going to end my list and I could talk about this. We could do a whole pod of me just recapping. I feel like we did. I, I feel oh, like we, we did do a whole We pod did do this. do. We did, but I we could We did do do. <laughs> we could do another one like I could just talk about this forever. Us yeah. being in the middle of the Allagash to that evening, being in Western Maine, just the concept of that is going to be really tough <laughs> to top that. <laughs> Wake up at Round Pond on the Allagash, paddle 25 miles? Yeah. I can't remember off Plus the Plus or minus? Yeah. Drive 
six and a half hours, almost seven hours. Well, I had to shuttle out and then drive back in. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, it didn't feel real until we woke up the next morning and you were standing on that, like that bridge. And I took that picture of you with a Red Bull just going, what the hell did we just do? I know. I, (laughs) I look back on that and it, feels like a lifetime ago but it also feels like it was yesterday dude we were in the trenches and then that day we fucking raked i know i know raked like the amount of fish we caught that afternoon that day the next two days i next uh, next two days days and we left a day early dude But that that rounds out our our top moments of the year. I I know it's a little disorganized on it, but I mean, there's just there's so much good shit that like if you folks are really like if we just said like oh this turkey or that just go back and listen to those pods, man. Yeah, you get instant reactions. Like, talk about our strategies more and photos on Instagram. Check that out. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's funny because last year when we did this, we did this pod around the like, around the campfire, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And when we did that, we talked about this last night, and you were like, "Dude, do you think 2022 will be any better than this year?" And I was like, "There's no way. There's no way." Here we are. I know. And I've <laughs> challenged that from the start, making every year greater. But I mean, we can go into a whole debate on. Oh, which which season has been the best season in terms of spring, summer, fall, comparing to each year? But no, 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 you gotta look at as an entire. I know as 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 an entire as an entire year, it's tough to top this year. Last twenty twenty one spring was uh, that that's gonna that's like a a separate trophy, as you will. So. You kind of came up with this segment last night when we were on the phone. Best new gear of 2022. And you bought a lot of shit this so, year. Dude, I got too much shit. I, I, like, I, got, I can't. Uh, oof, oof, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Some of it yeah. was needed. It, I'll say there's one thing on that list that was not a necessity <laughs> this year. Uh, yeah. Um, but, any, but anyways, um so I ended up beginning new waders for 2023 just because, you know, uh, there's a lot of aqua seal going on in my waders right now. Yeah. And it's basically like glue waders. I also, on uh, my list, I got new waders. I have to talk about it now because mine were even worse than what yours were yeah. this year. Holy crap, does that make a difference? Uh, yes. Like when I pulled my waders out of the back of the car and they matched, like, if I couldn't tell, because usually I could tell because I was like, oh, Andrew's got like aqua seal all over his fucking legs, like basically glued uh, fabric. When I couldn't figure out whose was who when we took him out of the car, that's when I was like, I probably should get new yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a necessity. I just remember when you were um, on some of our trips and your whole, like, what, right leg was just soaked. Oh, it's just awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah, so that was a necessity. Ended up getting those, and got them for pretty cheap too, because mm-hmm. they're on sale. Um, this next, this next portion, this is all to you. This is all you. Like, 
It is all me. And now looking back at it. <laughs> it's all you. So I ended up getting this man hooked me up. Uh, he got me a TFO five weight rod, um, which that's like my bread and butter right now. That's like my go. That's my go. My go to right now. Um, love that rod. Um, and then you also ended up getting me towards the tail end of summer. You got me the Reddington Crosswater eight weight um, for stripers, steelheads, uh, all the all the big fish that we're going to be going after. Hopefully for twenty twenty three. And then, mm, mm, you just surprised me. Was this last week or this week? No, it was this week. Christmas. Christmas with a TFO two-weight fly rod. And I believe it's six feet? Uh, six or six and a half. I, again, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't care how tall it is. It's beautiful. It's, it's buttery. It is. It's absolutely buttery. And it was, quote, unquote, used. I don't know where the hell that I, title comes from, other than it wasn't wrapped with the uh, manufacturing. Like, uh, door. Oh, dude, just, oh, God. It's it's going to be an amazing trib rod. I cannot wait to use it. I don't have to bring around that five-weight rod anymore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and those, like, small tribs. Uh, but we... <laughs> When I was down in Mass, we ended up getting a new Orvis reel for me uh, earlier in the year, too, because... Disaster. (laughs) Just shit the bed. (laughs) Oh, shit moment. Uh, So, ended up buying... Was it an Orvis Clearwater? Uh, Yes, it's an Orvis Clearwater five-weight reel. Um, Yeah. And that reel is great bang for your buck with that. I mean... Yes. Yep. I mean, it's, it's done everything I've asked it to do. It's perfect. It's exactly what I needed. In a pinch, mm-hmm. let alone. Um, ended up buying my 12-gauge shotgun Which, this year, that, too. That feels like <laughs> an, a lifetime ago. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Now, I've done some upgrades to that shotgun, but even still, like, that shotgun is, like, if the five weight is my bread and butter right now, the shotgun tank, that's, like, my that's like my go-to right now. Um you know, I used it for bird hunting. I used it for turkey hunting. I used it for squirrel hunting. I mean, cripes, you can use it for pretty much anything. Um, so very versatile gun. Love it. I'm getting my money's worth with it. That's for sure. But one thing I didn't get my money's worth. Um, yeah, that was a handgun. Uh, yeah, that uh, that dream of using it in the <laughs> JX3 during rifle season. Like- Oof. It'd be a shame if you didn't use it this year, <laughs> dude. I mean, cool. I can use it next year, but like, man, I was really hoping to use it this year, but I'm not complaining that I didn't. So, but man, those are some nice fish. Man. <laughs> you're, you're missing out. I know I Off. am. I wish. I've, if you haven't realized already, we're recording remote for the first time in a while, so we're gonna be cutting each other off a bit. Yes, sir. But recording together with uh, fishing up on the big screen, it's it's tough to beat. Correct. But uh, all right, so I I ended up buying yes a lot of shit. Don't get me wrong, but you bought some stuff too. Yes. Yeah, so I again I talked about the waiters I got, but I think my best purchase of the year were my new Corkers boots, mm-hmm. and those yep. game changing. Changing the soles out, replacing the felts, I, 
I felt like I could walk across water. Looking back at you struggling across the slippery rocks in Western Mass, I just, it, you, you, having the stability in the water and be able to go over all terrain, and you're not just wearing out the whole boot, you're just wearing out those replaceable soles. It, yep. it was absolutely game-changing and just being able to have confidence walking across the water. But um, to pair with those boots, my LL Bean three-weight was one mm. a one b situation where that that rod which was supposed to be your rod originally it was supposed to be mine you son of a bitch and i and I, was like, I swooped in and i was like do you want to buy it and you're like no i can't i'm like it's too good of a deal not to and i bought it and it was the best best fly rod i have in my repertoire right now just absolutely and then i ended up using it yep uh you let me use it for that was a couple outings i used it for and I was like, when you're like, can I have that back? I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> and I just remember using your uh, your Cabela's uh, four or five oh, yeah. weight shorter rod, and that was just a disaster compared to that three weight. But to pair that three weight, I got an eight weight uh, Reddington Vice that was paired with a Lanson Liquid plus or minus nine. It. Uh, you're just, I I got the small stream rod. I got my four weight in a nine foot and a seven and a half foot. And now I have an eight weight, nine foot with a sealed drag system for salt water, streamers for trout, you name it, we can do it with that rod. Pike, we yep. talked about pike. You know, if you want to mm. catch some smallies, you can even do that if you want to off a boat. Like you can do anything with that rod. And it's just a versatile rod to add to the repertoire. And it teaches people you can catch more than a brook trout on a fly rod. So, yeah. The uh, yep. the next thing is well, I can't list it all, but all the fly tying stuff I got, and that did that really did that really kick off with like post fly? I kicked off. It was basically at the same time, simultaneous kickoff where post fly was coming in. I was tying those up. I then got ideas for different flies I wanted to tie, so I would go to the shop and buy the stuff. And yeah, um, just like to get on a little tangent quickly, it's much better to go to your local fly shop than big store retailers. You just get more information. Oh, yeah. Um, I got my boots there, you know, I can fit them out there. I got fly line there. And that's one of the things on my list is new, uh, four weight fly line changes the game in fishing. You can go to the shop, say what you want and they'll hook you up. And they'll make sure after the fact, you know, months after, is the fly line still working? They'll check in on you. It's just buying in person at those smaller shops. You get way more bang for your buck. And it's just beyond the purchase. So, but with that. I wish all businesses like ran like that. You know what I mean? I know. It's it's tough, but yeah. Like I understand like larger corporate. Oh, that was a bat and kill. Um, I realize like bigger corporate like companies and shit, you can't do that because they're not personable. Like the little fly shops, like the mom and pops kind of stores, like that's where you go, you know. Yep. But I mean, that's why you keep going back. I mean, you keep going back to your fly shop down in down Mass, and that guy's a chum, dude. Exactly, and straight up chum. At that shop, they do a rewards program, and me buying my boots there, my fly line there, 
and other uh, fly tying materials, I was able to get a, uh, a new reel. And this reel is a Lampson Remix 3 plus or minus. So it's going to be perfect for my four weight rod. I'm keeping my other reel for my three weight. And then I have new, brand new four weight line on it because I fished so much this year, I beat up my line. So mm. that is uh, pretty much rounds out my top uh, best new gear of 2022. But the one last thing that we will wrap up with is the biggest things <laughs> we've learned this year, which will I'll be a lot more, I guess, analytical versus your philosophical approach. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, my fly tying journey started on this pod, and holy shit, uh, the time pays off in terms of just tying at the bench, getting better at it, and you saw the flies I gave you. They, they, Dude, I remember when you first started tying flies, you're like, look at this one, it's so good. Now you look back at those, you're like, those are shit. Yeah, I <laughs> literally have thrown out flies. Like, <laughs> it, It's crazy how much you can learn in one year just tying nonstop. Um, Another thing I've learned is investing in good equipment, especially if you're fly fishing, wading boots. Uh, my new corkers, it, it, when you get them, you will because I am be getting a, those. You will be a new man. <laughs> you will be a new man on the river with that. It is just the versatility of those. And for those of you that are like on the fence about, oh, well, the the soles stay on. I couldn't get the soles off if i tried on the river like you're you're great and you can change them easy that's the cool part like it's not even hard to change yeah. them but i think you introduced yep. this year was to walkie talkies when we're doing remote fishing that was clutch um yeah that was huge because like even in during like white water conditions like there was times in massachusetts where i'm like man i wish we had the walkies because it was just so loud. Yeah, when it's loud, you don't see me. I'm lost in uh, Western Maine when you didn't know where I was. <laughs> yeah, and it's always like, they're just nice to have too, because like, say, because I'm usually the one that like, I've noticed like, you try and you try and stay ahead of me. And like, part of me is like, you found this spot. This is your spot. I'll give you first dibs. And usually, more often than not, you're like, I'll let you have this stretch right here. I'm going to walk up. And it's always like when you go around the corner, I'm always like, so how long should I fish this stretch for? <laughs> like, yep. you know, and having the walkies to be like, hey, where are you? And if you're like, I've moved on from that spot, I'm like, oh, shit. I got to like fish this hard, like in a couple casts and then get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. So huge game changers, especially when you get out of sight. Exactly. So. The, that's that's huge. The next thing is understanding water conditions. So this year, more than ever, I've talked to you about mm. CFS. Mm -hmm. I've talked to I talk about it every time we talk on the phone. I'm like, oh, uh, this river's running at two thousand. This runs running at fifteen thousand. This one's perfect for the weekend. Uh, knowing the the water conditions before you even arrive, so you don't waste a drive out to the river. That that's right. a huge game changing. Like just learning. And not only that, but like. Like learning the, uh, I'm not trying to take the words out of your mouth, but you are great at when you're standing in the river, you're just like, oh, they must have released the dam. I'm like, what? Why? You're like, leaves. Like you're just essentially like, you are tasting and sampling the tea like leaves of the river. Mm -hmm. Like you're just kind of like, 
oh, this changed. Like, and I'm going, there's no way. And then I stare at a rock for like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh shit, they did release it. Like, you're, you got those like quick indicators. And on, on top of that, we were in the Kennebec River Gorge and I, we had the walkies and I'm way above you, like a few hundred, uh, what, 500 yards, even more. Like, you were out of sight. You were well out of sight. And I radioed in. I'm like, water's rising. I just tell by the tone of the water. And I'm like, oh, we yeah. got to get out. And not even 15 minutes later, it, the whole river's filled. And by filled, I mean like it probably came up five feet. Easy. Easy. Five feet in the matter of like minutes. Yeah, it, it was it was nuts. So like if I'm standing in the river where I was fishing, I'd be washed down river, mm-hmm. like gone mm-hmm. in the matter of like five, ten minutes. Yeah, it, it's nothing to fuck around with, especially when you're on the water and you're noticing that during. But mm-hmm. um, getting into my next thing I learned, caring for your fly line. I guess no one I know personally has ever cleaned fly line. They didn't even know cleaning fly line exists. But holy crap, does it make a difference? It really does. And I'll, I'll say this because, like, I, I kind of know the answer to it. But for listeners' sake, like, we have grooved fly line. Mm-hmm. We have, like, little grooves, like, little grooves in our fly line, our floating line. Correct me if I'm wrong, but even if it's not grooved, if it's a smooth floating line, you still should clean your floating even line. Even more so with a smooth line, you want to clean it because... If we want to get into it, you know, surface tension is the biggest uh, key for stuff to float, and a smooth line with a little bit of debris is going to be way worse than a textured line with a little debris. Yeah. So cleaning your yep. fly line is just obviously if you're using floating line, and you can get into other fly lines and get into that rabbit hole, but maintaining it, huge deal. And I will add this, and I didn't have it on here, but. You know, rinsing your gear off after saltwater fishing. Mm, drying out, too. Drying out everything. You know, deep rinse, get the salt off. Even if you have, a, you know, uh, the correct reel and equipment for it, you still want to rinse it off because it's still going to uh, corrode your equipment and ruin it in the long haul. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And leading into saltwater, double haul cast. You've seen it in person. I apply it pretty much every cast now. I can just, you know, even it's a short cast, a double haul, getting more line out. I can reach across the river easier. And it, again, you'll you'll learn over time. It's definitely an art versus, you know, a muscle, muscly cast. So, And that's why I was really excited about that two-weight rod. It's like you're getting into the realm of the artistic means of fly fishing. Like, you're not muscling shit. You're getting into the finessing of laying that line on top of that water with that rod. Yep. And you made a good point last night when we were talking about it. You're like, wouldn't be a bad idea to start double hauling on that little rod, which in some instances, it, uh, absolutely, I agree with that. But in those, obviously, those tight tributaries, obviously not. But, you know, when the when the opportunity provides it, I should be practicing that double haul on that little rod. It'd be such a cool little, like, because you're getting all the motions down of it, you know? Yep. And you can just have, there's a lot more feel with the lighter weight rod. You can feel the line easier into your yep. hands. So it's, I apply it for small streams. And I apply it for the flats for stripers. 
So um, I'm going to run through a couple of these and then elaborate on one of them. But e-scouting for cold water fisheries, I tripled my game in that. I mean, I had the only duds I had were solo trips and duds still consisted of fish most of the time. So understanding topography and water, big game changer. Um, And then Schwacker Broadheads, way better than Rage. I've switched back and forth between the two. Schwackers I've had more success on. We're going to dive into a whole pod on this. So I'll, I'll leave that one to you guys for now. But the one I want to talk about a little bit more <laughs> is bow hunting for turkeys. You want to talk about ah. a learning curve? Uh, that is... Uh, shotgun hunting for turkeys is a lot easier, obviously. But when you the have... The thing that blows my mind the most is like when we were turkey... When, we first, when I first started turkey hunting with you and we stepped into a field and about, what, 800 yards away... The turkeys like fled the field yep. because they saw us. And here you are, turkey hunting without a blind. That's the big thing I was about to add. Without a blind, and you're bow hunting for turkeys. That drawback, dude, are you like, are you nuts? Yeah, like, I am. Come on. I mean, given the property situation, without a blind, <laughs> without a blind. Like most people, are like, yeah, I shoot turkeys with a bow but you're probably in a blind. And this particular spot, I got permission during the season. I hunted it only twice, scouted it once, and my bow has such a large axle to axle, it doesn't work in my smaller blinds. 33 inches, right? Correct. So yeah. you're pretty limited on what you can use. I could get a whole big blind out there, but it was during season. So just the whole idea of carrying a bow, turkey hunting, completely changed my how I approached it and my strategies for it. Uh, you did not add your new blind to your list of things you got. I know, and I only used it once, so that's why I didn't really Damn. add it. <laughs> Wait, the only time you used it was with me? Yes, because at my other spot, I had my bigger blind set up. Oh, yeah. Dude, what a great memory. I know. That's freaking awesome. I know. That's why. First I, time using it and you freaking cash in. Let's go. This this whole podcast is just like a bunch of rambling thoughts on just memories that we forget about. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. That's, dude, that's freaking wild. That was so cool. Um, Man, we're skipping over so much stuff. I know. I know. It's insane. <laughs> um. I, yeah, as far as philosophical, I will try and be as, not as quick, but I'll be thorough and smooth with this list, just because there's a lot, (laughs) (laughs) but there's a lot of this that you definitely, like, feed into, for sure. So, for me, my number one thing of, like, learning this year like I knew how I knew of like fly fishing and I've tried it before and stuff like that, but never have I gone like head first into fly fishing and just said, there's no turning back. Like, here we go. Um, and so, you know, getting not necessarily back to basics, but like, I don't know. 
like, there's some people out there that are like, oh, fly fishermen. You know what I mean? But it's like, until you fully, like, submerge yourself in this, like, this style of fishing, it's almost like hunters that just appreciate going out and just sitting in the woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just these people, like, this group of people that love fly fishing, it's not just about pulling in, like, massive fish. It's more than that. It's it's an experience. It's a whole you know? trip. It's it's the uh, the flies. It's the driving out. It's the being on the water. Yep. It's it's it, full encompassing of the environment. Yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll touch base on the on this part. You know later on in in this list. Um, so my second. So this feeds right in. This transitions beautifully. This year for me. Because you would always say, like, oh, I went to this stream and I caught, like, you know, 20 dinkers. And it was it was so much fun. And I'm just like, why is that fun? Like, but this year, and it was on one of our northern excursions that we did, but I was catching dinkers. And by dinkers, I mean anything from, like, three inches to, like, seven inches, mm-hmm. like, Wild trout, however, wild trout. But the biggest thing I would take away that I learned was the size of the fish does not determine the fight of the fish. I was catching dinkers that would fight harder than a stocked, like, 16-inch brook trout Mm -hmm. or, like, Mm -hmm. a stocked, like, 12-inch brook trout. Like, these fish, the, the, the inner drive to, like, survive because they're wild trout is insane it is just you can't describe it it's just a fight that you can't relive you have to be there in the moment so that was one of my things i learned this year is like the size of the fish it does not matter and that made it more enjoyable too um which once again here we go transitions into the next one uh enjoy uh enjoy the moments most and not the memories i know and we did this we were great at this this year, I'm pretty sure. So, And to elaborate on what I mean by that, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, I'd hate to look back at pictures and be like, oh, you know, I wish we could, like, I wish I could go back there and have, like, 10 more minutes there. Or, like, when we had our moments of, like, holy shit, this is amazing, we literally stuck it out and just kind of sat there. There was times that we would literally just be sitting there side by side, not talking and just quietly taking it in. And I would, to add to this a little bit, I mean, you've seen me do this a lot where you're fishing uh, in the hole of Maine and you're uh, you're fishing. I'm just sitting on a rock watching, having a coffee. Like, dude, I remember up in northern Maine, our pond trip that we did, we were sitting in a canoe, and I was like, what are you doing? And you were like, I'm just taking it in. And I remember thinking in my head then going, what the fuck is he doing? Let's fish. Like, let's do this. After that moment, that's when I was like, all right. Like, there's days where you're like, I'm just going to chill. I'm like, I got you. Like... (laughs) We're on the same page now, you know? And I, there's countless times I remember just where I'm there sitting on the riverbank and watching you make a cast. Or yeah. I'm sitting in the blind next to you 
and I'm just watching the whole thing unfold. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this in. Like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Those moments before uh, getting into the blind, like those moments mm, I cherish oh, yes, the most. Yes. Like I, we literally have like what? Five, 10 minutes. Just like shooting the shit outside the Turkey blind in the dark, just looking at the stars. Mm-hmm. Those moments yep. you can't replace. You just can't. No. No, you cannot. Um, to move on from that, so there's more to fishing than spin casting. And that kind of ties into what we talked about previously because I was a, I was more of a hybrid fisherman prior to this year. I would bring the fly rod, but I would also bring the spin caster. I was that type of person. And uh, I feel like now, now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, just fly fish it, man. Mm-hmm. Just fly fish it. Like it's just the go-to now. And funny story, and I'll make it quick. I was at Dick's Sporting Goods today, and there was massive, like, you know, massive old guy, and he had a thick, like, New Yorker accent, right? Like almost like an Italian accent. And he's like, "Good deal, good deal." I'm like, "What are you talking about, dude? Like, what?" And he's like holding up all these like rods. And they're all spin casters. And it said like $180 on the price tag. And I was like, Jesus. I'm like, that ain't a good deal. Like, that thing was made in China. Like, whatever. And he was like, no. He's like, on sale for 70 bucks." And I thought of you like right off the bat. And I go, uh, I haven't really used my spin caster this year. I said, I've traded all my spin casters in for fly rods now. And he looks at me and he literally says to me, he goes, no shit. I was like, yep. I was like, buddy and I, we just do some like remote ponds, remote trips, and we just, we hike in to the middle of nowhere and fish. He's like, no shit. I was like, yep. And I turned around and I left. Yep, exactly how it should have been. I kind of left him just kind of sitting there in like disbelief. I'm like, there you go, brother. Um, but hopefully you got a good deal. I think uh, he did. I think he did. I think I think he got more than what he what he asked for. But uh, yeah, with with fly fishing, you just get you know different. There's different weights you can fish. There's different styles that you can fish that I'm still trying to perfect. There's nymphing. There's dry flies. There's streamers. Um, I've caught fish on all of those, but I'm still trying to make it more like perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, that's trying like where I'm trying to get to. Um, I'm going to go right down the list if you want to say anything on that. But um, the other thing I've learned is like it it's an honest market. And what I mean by that is like if you're going to buy something, especially for fly fishing, don't cut yourself short and like try and save money. Like if you need something, wading boots, buy the good ones. Don't cheap out and buy just like a hiking boot type rubber sole wading boot like – Go out and get like good shit because it's an honest market and you you get what you pay for. And to build off that, we got the short Cabela rods this year. Mine didn't last half the year. Yeah, uh, yours lasted but sucks. Uh, we had. A sh- we'll see if it survives twenty twenty three. We'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> you know, a fly line. Getting a good fly line changes your whole trip. Having a, fly, it really a line that floats is mm. it's nice. And yeah. You know, a good reel, if you have a bad reel, and that happened on uh, in the middle of Western Maine, you would have been absolutely yep. screwed. Yep. So, yep. and this isn't saying to go out and buy the most expensive shit. 
but don't no, buy no. the cheapest shit. You know, there's there's like a middle market there where you can get good value for your buck. And we talked about it with the rods and reels we purchased, and you can go back and listen to that. So, yep. Um, you kind of sparked this with me, but I I don't take it for granted. Um, no property is set in stone. Don't take it for granted. So like public versus private, those properties that you're able to hunt from year to year, those ones that you're just like, that's my go-to. Great. If it's your own property and you own that property, I mean, my hat's off to you. I wish. But like for us, it's more reasonable to ask for permission on private properties or to get access on like a public uh, public land of some sort. But don't take those for granted. Like, there's there's a day where that might not be there, you know. So take every year you have hunting that property, and take it to heart, and just make sure you enjoy it. And just go back and listen to me talk about deer hunting in the past, uh, the last two deer episodes, <laughs> and we it covers it quite well. You know, EHD <laughs> land getting posted. Just go back and listen to it. I don't need to get into that. <laughs> I, I believe that was the uh, the episode of. Uh, was it episode 37? I think it was gearing or beginning the hunt or something like that. Yep. Um, that was you kind of diving right into that. Um, the concept of the arrow is a new thing I learned this year just because I've done so much research on it. And there's a lot more research to be done, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yep. But like a lot of us are buying just because we like the way it looks. I mean, I've, I've, I'm guilty of that from time to time. I'm like, oh, that's sick. I'm going to buy that like for hunting or fishing or whatever. But when it comes down to like the projectile that you're throwing at an animal, just make sure you do your research. There's a lot of like basic physics behind it. And just make sure that you're weighing in on looks versus performance. Like sometimes the the deer don't give a shit about what an arrow looks like. What matters is killing that animal and doing it in a way that's quick and painless for that animal. So, um, just make sure of that. Uh, dude, you opened my eyes to this wet waiting. Oh my God. It like, is absolutely game changing. Just it's absolutely so awesome. Different. It's so awesome. I mean, it's, it's more comfortable. Like the initial, like when you dive in, you're like, damn, that's cold. But then the boots like kind of warm the water up and it's not that bad. And you're not, it's not that bad. Taking your waders out, every time on these small trips and beating them up for absolutely no reason in the middle of July when you're sweating your balls yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was kind of something that I learned from our trip on the Allagash. Like going into the Allagash, it was kind of like those, like we were trying to get, to, we were trying to flirt with a line of uncomfortable and comfortable. And what I mean by that is like, we want to explore new waters. We, you know, if something got out of line, it's almost like that adrenaline rush. And on Round Pond with the canoe and the scare that we had with Mother Nature, dude, that was – I puckered up a little bit on that one. Uh, that quite was, a bit. Uh, quite a bit. I was in – yeah, you probably saw me in my darkest time. Uh, I think so. I <laughs> Both <was> times. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um, this was – this has been – this here is like our like I feel like I don't even need to talk when like when when we have this like initiating on our trips know when to quit so like 
we are so good about, and we've done this the past like three trips, I would say at least, where we have such a good fucking day where we're just like, we're good. Yeah. Let's just, uh, let's just back out. There's times where we're sitting in the car and I'm thinking it the whole time. I'm like, all right, how am I going to say Dude, just this? say it. And then, just say it. <laughs> you know, and then I'll just spur it on you like, it's not going to get better than that. Like, that was just absolutely perfect. I'm good. I'm good. And we've done that. Yep. Wait, like, if you, we, last, uh, 2021, we would have been boss of the wall, nonstop, not, never stopping. And this year there was like, okay, let's, let's retire at our peak for this trip. And we have no bad memories to follow up the spectacular days that we did have. Right. Yeah. Instead, we just go to the pub and have a great, a great dinner and then just end on a high note. On top of that, exactly. you know, that's a cherry on top, but that's like, that's one of those things that like, when we first started fishing together, it was kind of like, is, is he going to be okay with this? Like, blah, blah. but now you're just like, so, and I just go, yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. We're on the same page, dude. <laughs> um, we started this pod because if you go back to listen to the, I think it was the first pod that we ever did. I could be wrong, but it was, we started this pod so we could do more shit together. And when we were talking last night, we kind of, you know, reflected on that. And we looked back at this agenda that we created and realized like, look at all the shit that we've done in the past year, just together. I mean, think of the shit you've done on your own Mm -hmm. too, as far as fishing and turkey hunting. Like when we do shit together, I mean, it's, it's full throttle, you know, it's, it's rugged shit, but at the same time, like, the memories and, like, oh, my gosh, dude, it's insane. Like you said last night, two years, the past two years, think about that. The amount of stuff we did is incredible, <laughs> and if you look back on my list, most of my memories at the top were our trips versus my personal accomplishments didn't really mean much in the end, you know? Yeah. It it's just crazy. And to know what's on the horizon, which mm. that'll be coming down the road, but the, the future's bright and our past is quite bright as well. <laughs> oh God, dude. I'm going to ask you the question. Could 2023 be better? I definitely think so. It, we're lining up. The stars are looking like they're saying it could be. It could be. Yeah. With no, it could be. With no big trip planned, there's a lot of flexibility that we didn't have last year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just... Uh. It almost makes my hands clammy thinking about the future, <laughs> like all the shit we're going to be doing. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, I know. And on uh, my to-do list, number one, and then I'll think about the rest after, is tying flies. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need a lot of them. So what are we, uh, what are we looking on, uh, looking ahead? What, what's in the future, the near future, I should so say? So the near future, you know... I'm going to talk about uh, more tales of my fly fishing from this past fall where 
uh, I got into him, uh, put it, to put it lightly. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So <laughs> we got some fly fishing to talk about. I know it's not, we're not currently up to date talking about which season it is, but it's better to talk about the fall than talk about winter fly fishing, in my opinion. And But you'll bring to us a little bit of ice fishing, maybe a squirrel hunt or two. Yeah, I, uh, I have a squirrel hunt planned for uh, this coming Friday, um, which is coming towards the end of the season. Um, and uh, some hard water talk. I mean, temperatures, that's... Uh, we just need consistent... Consistently cold temperatures is what we need right now. You know, there's time, there's places, don't get me wrong, there's people ice fishing right now, but I, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna risk, risk my life for a, a 10 inch uh, tank fish. Um, mm-hmm. I'm good. Um, or, you know, uh, a six inch uh, tiger trout. I'll just, uh, I'm good. I'll wait. And I'll be in the opposite <laughs> boat and, I'm all set with the cold weather. Let's just keep the flows down on these tailwaters so I can get out on the water. <laughs> uh, another thing that we did not add to my list was the ice auger. Yes, I know. There's a ton of stuff. <laughs> I could have talked about my uh, my winter camo I got. Like That was absolutely... Oh, yeah. That changed everything. But I this, this pod has been a jumble of thoughts all thrown into uh, one episode. But I think we covered pretty much everything in some sort of fashion (laughs) it was a discombobulated uh agenda to say the least however it just shows that if you get two people that share the same like passion for something and you just kind of throw the works at them dude memories will be made so if you're out there and you're one of those people that's kind of like i like fishing by myself I challenge you to try and get somebody involved with the outdoors because not only will it'll make you a better fisherman or hunter or whatever, but it's also going to create those new memories and you'll be like, you know, I, I, that grew because of me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of you, you like fishing on your own. Let's, let's be honest. I personally, I kind of like hunting on my own as far as deer hunting. Like I don't want anybody else with me. Like, I get that, but um, every once in a while, it's always good to branch out and just kind of sprinkle the the teachings, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, man, here's to, I wish I had a, a beer to cheers to you for uh, 2023, but um, I'm empty. The tank's empty, yeah, so you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> But hope you folks enjoyed it. Um, I know we've been rambling here, but it, honestly, there was a lot that went on in 2022, and we urge you to go back and listen to some of those pods because they are gold mines um, for information. So, um, as always, as we sign off, get in the woods and get on the water. <laughs>